Welcome to Landmark Worship Center's audio podcast. We hope that this message will inspire and encourage your life. So open your heart and mind and receive what God has for you today. Um, we're going to continue to talk about the chemistry of the light. For the last couple of weeks, we've talked about this. Uh, light is very amazing when you consider the creation of God, uh, creating the sun and the power of the sun. Uh, nothing man can do can compare to the power of the light of the sun. But yet, the sun has nothing on the light of God. I realize that's God's creation, light. But there's nothing to compare to the light of the Lord that shines forth. We're going to talk about that here tonight. Uh, we are trying to see God's glory, the light of God. I know that we, we desire to see God's glory. We desire to see a move of God. Uh, I, I look at it when, when uh, you know, in the Old Testament, they, the scripture talked about that uh, they began to dedicate the tabernacle that they had built. And um, all of a sudden, as they were praying and dedicating the tabernacle, uh, Solomon knelt, prayed, but the Bible says the glory of God filled that house. And the power of God filled that house, the glory of God filled that house, even to the point where the, the priest couldn't even minister. And there was so much glory and power there. And I've told you my experience of uh, in my home church, uh, how that we had such a powerful move of God in some revival services there that uh, there was a glory of the Lord that filled that place. And it, it was like a, a blue haze come over that sanctuary. And I mean, people were slain in the spirit. People were speaking in tongues. Young people were laying in the, in the spirit out in the parking lot, worshiping, praising God, or laying out on the... And people drunk in the spirit, and we had to drive them home and and uh, such power, but we experienced a power of his glory. We, we want to see those things. We want to experience those things, but uh, when God's presence comes near, really, we, we're not seeking that cloud. We're seeking God. We're not seeking all of those things. When we find God, we find his glory, and we find his light shining. So, we're trying to see God's glory, but we actually what we're doing is we're trying to find God, uh, the light of God. So we're going to go into the book of Exodus uh, tonight, 32, chapter 32 and chapter 33. Um, in, in chapter 32, we find that um, Moses offered a blood atonement to the Lord for Israel's sins. And God, of course, accepted it. These were the sins that when he went up on the mountain and uh, the Lord spoke to him and gave him the Ten Commandments upon tablets and he uh, was there in the presence of the Lord and experienced some powerful things in the Lord. He, he, he was close to the Lord. He was connecting with the Lord there, but the Lord was giving him instruction. But yet down the mountain in Israel's camp, they were um, doing the wrong things. Uh, Aaron was even uh, talked to about, you know, uh, you know are, is he going to come back down from the mountain? And uh, has he left us? Has God taken him away or whatever? So they talked him into um, uh, building some golden, uh, golden images. And, uh, and then, of course, when it, it was not acceptable to the Lord, of course, but when Moses came down off the mountain, he seen those that, and they were worshiping these idols or giving homage to these idols, these golden images. And, and uh, he was very upset and he broke those tablets. He was very, very upset about it. Um, and then when he confronted Aaron, of course, Aaron started making excuses and come up with some wild, crazy story that, 
yeah, we, we threw the gold into the, what was it, into the fire, and it came out, what was it, calf? <laughs> I mean, come on, Aaron. You th actually think we're going to believe that? You know, uh, that's, that's crazy. And he was making an excuse. He was just making an excuse. So. But they had sinned. So Moses, in his love for God, knowing God loved his people, and of course love for the people of Israel. Moses offered a blood atonement to the Lord, the Bible says, for Israel's sins, and, and God accepted it. Um, you see, sin is darkness. Sin brings darkness. But forgiveness brings light into darkness. It brings light into to darkness. You cannot have darkness and bring light into darkness and darkness has more power than the light to overcome the light and put the light out. That doesn't happen. You can go home and do a scientific experiment if you would like. Turn all your lights off tonight about midnight if you're willing to stay up that late. Turn all the lights out, everything out. Take a match. I don't even know. Do they even make those all-surface striking matches anymore? Do they still make those? Okay. Take a match and light it in that darkness and see what happens to the darkness. The darkness comes under control of the light. The power of God's light in this world is what the world needs. It's what we need. We need the light of God to shine forth. And you know how the light of the Lord shines forth? Through us. That's his plan. That's the way he's designed it. What the world needs is for the light to shine forth through us. We don't want to block that light. We don't want to put it under a bushel, uh, as the Bible says, and block it. We don't want to put something over it and block it from the world because we're ashamed of the light. No, shine that light. Matter of fact, if, if there is a ever tinge of being ashamed of the light, you need to, to get a Holy Ghost experience in God all over again. And trust me, you won't have any thought of being ashamed of the light anymore because you're going to broadcast it because you know, that's that new convert spirit the power of that new convert spirit. You get excited about God. You can't hold it back. You've got to tell somebody about it. And um, that's the beauty of the light shining forth through our lives. Just go back and get a new experience of God. Go to an altar. Pray until you break through. You know, we hear that all the time. We've heard that for years. You can't get away from that. It's truth. Sometimes I just got to get down and pray until I break through. What does that mean? Break through to the Holy Ghost again. Let the power of God flow through me. Let me speak in tongues again afresh and stir up that gift as we talked about on Sunday, the renewal. But sin is darkness. Forgiveness brings light in the darkness and darkness does not overpower light. Light overpowers darkness. The light of God in this present world is what the world needs right now. It's very, there's a lot of darkness in our world. But in the book of Exodus, chapter 32, verse 30 through 32, kind of explains this. And it came to pass on the morrow that Moses said unto the people, Ye have sinned a great sin, and now I will go up unto the Lord. Peradventure I shall make an atonement for your sin. And Moses returned, in verse 31, returned unto the Lord and said, Oh, this people have sinned a great sin and have made them gods of gold. Yet now, if thou wilt forgive their sin, and if not, blot me, I pray thee, out of thy book which thou hast written. That's how much Moses was... was uh, that's the beauty of being an intercessor. I mean, he was saying, if you're not going to forgive them, I'm so, I, I'm so engaged in these people that you love... That if you're not going to forgive them, then blot me out of the book too. That was a bold statement before the Lord. But I think Moses really knew what the Lord would say. 
he knew that he would forgive them. And, uh, he, you know, he, he knew that God loved them dearly. Atonement is, and the meaning of it is a purging away, or a purging away of sin, atonement. Uh, the priest would go every year to make a, uh, a time of, of, uh, at the year of atonement. He would present, going to the holiest of holy, he would present the sacrifice for the sins of the people. He would make that atonement. It was a purging away of sin, forgiveness. And it also means cover over. Now that blood sacrifice, the atonement, really in the Old Testament they would take animal sacrifices and, and that was actually a purging away. It was a covering over until, those, until the perfect sacrifice came, which was Jesus Christ. God in flesh would come uh, without sin. He came and he would... He would, uh, would offer himself as a sacrifice, the perfect sacrifice. So all of those sins that were purged away and covered over were rolled ahead. And when Jesus died on the cross, they were all forgiven. But then it also opens up an opportunity for the future of those, when we talk about the new covenant, those that, that repent baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, washing the sins away, filled with the Holy Ghost, getting that resurrecting power. It, 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 it was not just for the past and not for just the moment, but it was also for the future, future sins. The Bible says, and it's in the New Testament, uh, if we ask him to forgive us, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. That, that sacrifice that he made was perfect sacrifice. So he... The Lord forgave those sins of the children of Israel. It involved a blood sacrifice. But Moses felt confident with God accepting his sacrifice. Confident enough, seeing God come through with this such great rebellion, something began to click with inside of Moses. He had already been on the mountain. He received the, the tables of of the Ten Commandments, and the Lord has spoken to him, but there was something more dear to his heart. He just wanted to get so close to the Lord. Have you ever felt that way? You know, you get a touch from the Lord, and you get a powerful touch from the Lord, but you know what? It creates an even greater hunger that I want to get even more of God. I want to learn more of God. I want to find out more of who you are, God. I want to experience more of you. And that's basically what happened to Moses. The Lord called him by name, the Bible says. He, had, he got to a point where he wanted such a close relationship with the Lord that he wanted to see God's glory in chapter 33 of the book of Exodus. He wanted to see God's glory. You see, with a close relationship with God, you can make bold requests of God. You, you can make bold requests. God, I want to see your glory. It's not that you're telling God what to do. That's not the right thought here but what I'm saying is you could make some bold requests God I want and that's what Moses was doing I want to see your glory that was quite a step to ask God to do that Charles Spurgeon thought that perhaps Moses when he asked for this was somewhat like Peter on the Mount of Transfiguration when he asked for something, not really understanding what he said. He didn't know what the full glory of God was all about. But he was asking for it. He wanted to see more of what God was. That's what happens when we, get, when we build upon our relationship. You get closer to God, but you, want, you crave more. I know that without a doubt that when people are hungry, they're going to get what they need from God. God loves hungry children of God. 
if we really want it, we can get it. I remember when I received the Holy Ghost, it was building up in me a hunger and desire for the Lord. And I, I know that if you, I, I, I didn't understand it all, but I got so hungry for the Lord, praying at night in my bed when nobody even knew about it. I had some conversations with God. But there was such a hunger in me, I wanted to, I didn't understand all of it. I had heard about it. I'd been around it all my life. My great-grandmother lived it for many, many, many years. Talked about it. My parents had been around it. They had got away from God for a period of time, but uh, I, I was hungry for it. And I asked God to give it to us. Touch my family. Save my family. I got so hungry for it. When a, we went to a revival service and power of God moved so powerfully. I received something in my, in my life that I, it's, I could explain it, but, and you know what I'm talking about when you receive the Holy Ghost. It was such a powerful experience in God. I was walking on clouds and I looked at the world differently. Me and my brother had a conversation one day after he received the Holy Ghost too and we we said you know the clouds look different the people look different everything looks different it's just it's just you you know everything's so different it felt so good you just felt like you were walking on clouds I even looked at my brother differently he looked at me differently we just looked at everybody different and you had such a a burden for people they've got to hear about this But in the powerful experience I received that day, I wanted more. And it started a journey for me that I couldn't get enough of God. I've been around this. I received the Holy Ghost and was baptized. Uh, I think, I don't remember the exact day. I think it was the 28th of February. So I was right on the border. If it was leap year, I don't remember that because I can go back and find out if 1977 was leap year or not. But it was, it was, I'm pretty sure it was the 28th of February. And the power of God moved upon me, and I have not looked back. And I have, to this day, I still hunger for more and more of God. It, it doesn't get to a point where I want less and less of God. I want more and more of God. Well, you say, well, you're the pastor. You should no. If I wasn't the pastor of this church and I was just a saint in the church, I would still crave and hunger the power of God. I'm hungry for it. I've got to see more of God. I've got to understand more of God. I've got to understand more of his word. I've got to experience more of God. Every time I pray, God speaks to me something and shows me something new and fresh. It's a, it's a joyous thing when... when um, my wife will might pray in another room. I pray in another room. And, and then we get together and start talking about the things God shared with us. And we come to the house of the Lord and new experience. I'm so glad that we're Pentecostal. And, and I, I'm glad that we are not a cutty, or cutty, <laughs> a cookie cutter church where everything is just exact same. When God begins to move, everything changes. Um, you just don't know what's going to happen in the presence of God. It's such a beautiful thing. Got to have more of God. But Spurgeon was saying, you know, Moses was saying something just like Peter on the Mount of Transfiguration. He was asking for something. He might not have fully understood what he was talking about. But he wanted to see it. There was a craving, a hunger in his heart. The Bible says that if you seek with all your heart, you're going to find me. This was such a bold and brave request that it might have been beyond Moses to really experience. Yet God was still pleased with Moses and his longing to know the Lord in a greater and deeper way. God God gave him his request. That is what Moses asked for. Show me thy glory. He was actually saying, take me yet a step nearer to you, God. The Bible even talks about coming boldly before the throne. I know it talks about it coming boldly before the throne of grace. But if we really want something, come boldly before the throne of the Lord. 
Let God do a work in you. Let him show you things. There is, you know, it doesn't matter how long you live for God. If you live to, uh, to be 100 years old and you've lived for God for 80, 85, 90 years, and you came to the Lord at the age of 10 or 5 or whatever, there, you, there's going to be something that God is going to show you if you're hungry enough. It's going to be a complete miracle, an amazing thing in the Word. You cannot read the Word enough to understand it all. Because every time you read it, and there's people in this church today that read it, I don't know how many times, and they continue to come up with the Lord revealing new things to them. It's not that it's, it's something that contradicts the book of Genesis or Revelation. No, it still connects. God's just opening up some uh, understanding of the word in a more powerful way because he's leading us on a journey. We could not comprehend it all, all at once. I know that. I've been to Bible college, graduated from Bible college. My mind sometimes can only hold so much. I'm envious of those that can, can, can comprehend and remember things. I remember a certain amount, and then I've got to take a break and give my mind a break so I can understand and comprehend a little bit more. <laughs> My wife, she laughs at me as I study. And there's times that we, we both, we study for, you know, these things, the message or lesson doesn't just happen, just boom, it comes out. No, sometimes it takes hours and hours and hours of study, just digging in the Word and trying to find things in the Word of God but, uh, and the Lord revealing these things to us through prayer or whatever. But she laughs at me as I get to a certain point and uh, my mind is so full, and she say, well, you're going to con complete it? I said, well, I've got to take a break. I've got to refresh my mind, get my mind back together. And sometimes I say, I'm going to bed. God will speak to me in the middle of the night, and many times he does. Or the next morning, I get up, and all of a sudden my mind is fresh, and, and I can't type fast enough, or I can't write fast enough. God just speaking, but... Bible says, come boldly before the throne of grace. How much do you want of God? How much light do you want to shine forth out of your life? How much, how much light you want to see of God? How much glory do you want to see of God? God wants to reveal himself to you, precious people. He wants to reveal himself in ways on this journey that is going to amaze you. Continue on the journey because there's so much more ahead of us than what we've seen. Hebrews 4 and 16, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. If we need grace, if we need mercy, come boldly before that throne. You're going to find it. That's probably the reason why a lot of times we as Pentecostals get excited about that. Come boldly before the throne. You want it? Come and get it. It's yours. And God's wanting to give it out. Moses was bold in his request. Those desiring God always want to see his glory. We just want to see his glory. We want to see that anointing flow. In the book of Exodus chapter 33 after he had experienced this offering of a sacrifice for the sins of the people, and God's mercy, mercy was shown to them, it said something to Moses. It says in Exodus 33, 18 through 23, and he said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee. Now, understand here, Moses said... And he said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. Period. Moses said that. The Lord said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee, and will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. And he said, Thou canst not see my face, for there shall no man see me and live. And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me 
and thou shalt stand upon a rock and it shall come to pass while my glory passeth by that I will put thee in a cliff of the rock or a crevice or a hole in the rock and I will cover thee with my hand while I pass by and I will take away mine hand and thou shalt see my back parts but my face shall not be seen. The Lord was going to reveal to Moses his request. But he was protecting him also because of the power of the light of God that shines through his glory. But he was going to give him a glimpse of something very powerful. And he was honoring that bold request. God didn't reveal his justice to Moses. He didn't reveal his power to Moses. And he didn't even reveal his wrath against sin to Moses in this event. But of course, all those are very true aspects of God's nature, we know. But when he showed himself to Moses, this is what he showed him. He displayed his goodness. That's what he said. You want to see my glory? I'm going to show you my goodness. God's glory lies in his goodness. He's a good God. He's always a good God. God is entirely good. Everything about him is good. Even his justice and power and wrath must be understood as aspects of his goodness. A lot of times it's, yes, I, I, I understand that there's judgment that comes forth because of sin. No doubt about that. But everything in God is goodness. He wants to give people every opportunity that, he, that he's going to allow them every opportunity to escape the eternal judgment. He offers that to everybody. He is a good God. He offers the whole world, even those that are rankest sinners out in this world today, he offers them his goodness and his mercy and his grace. But what he was showing him, as Moses said, show me your glory, he was showing him his goodness. Let me go back to that scripture here. It says, and he said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee. And I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee. Will be gracious to whom I am, will be gracious and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. And he said, thou canst not see my face for there shall no man see me and live. Moses had already seen the grace, graciousness of God and the mercy of God, when he, some might have expected God to just wipe him off the face of the earth, but out of this, the Lord showed his goodness, gracious mercy upon them. And that's the reason why he said, I'll show my grace, grace to those that I'm willing to show my grace to. I'll show mercy to those that I will, will show mercy to. He said, I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. In the thinking of the ancient uh, Hebrews, in the history of the ancient cultures, the name meant a whole lot. You know, that's the reason why we go and look at names of people. You know, um, different names mean different things because when they gave their child a name, it was going to be a part of their character in their life. I don't know why uh, Abraham, Isaac, uh, Jacob... Why Jacob was named, uh, Jacob is called, it was called a supplanter. He was a deceiver. They named him that, evidently. Not because they wanted him to be that way. They evidently, that was what they felt like that the Lord was showing them to call him. But yet, that's what he became. That was his nature, deceiver. 
surplanter, very deceptive. He was a liar. All of that changed when he had an experience with God. Everything changed. He had a different walk. He had a different life. Everything changed. But names in the ancient cultures meant a whole lot. The name represented a person's character and nature. I, I really don't even know what Mark means. Uh, does anybody know what Mark means? I haven't, I've probably looked it up, forgot it, because it didn't have that great an impact on me, I guess. I don't know. He, do you know what your name means? Rose Veranda. Jen, what's your name mean? What's that? Fair lady. Fair lady. Oh, I thought, I, I thought you said fairy lady, but I'm, you're fair lady. <laughs> I'm just teasing with you. Fair lady. Anybody else know what your name is? Means heavenly. heavenly. Okay. Lonnie means heavenly. Anybody else? Yes. What's that? Pure. Okay. Pure. Yes, Sonia. Wisdom. Okay. Loved. Okay. Anybody else? Darlene means Darlene. <laughs> What's that? Or dear one? Yeah. See, names, you know, they all have meanings. They all have meanings. So, um, it's a, in the ancient, ancient cultures, they would name their, their child certain names because it was a part of their, their character and their nature. Lloyd-Jones uh, says this. Um, oh, well, let me, let me say this before I go on to that. God promised to reveal his character to Moses. Not just merely a title, but he, he, he said, I'm going to proclaim the name of the Lord before you because I want you to understand what my character is. I'm goodness. I'm goodness. Lloyd-Jones gives the idea of what God said to Moses. He said, I will stoop to your weakness. He kind of gives an overall view of what, he was, what was basically happening here, what God was talking to him. And he said, I will stoop to your weakness. I will let you see something. But much more important than that, I will cause all my goodness to pass before you. I will give you a deeper insight and understanding into myself, into my character, into what I am. That is what you really need to know. He was just summing up this Bible story, what it really meant. So you see, God was trying to show Moses, his glory, but he wanted him to understand who he really was because they were building a relationship. That is what we as children of God must strive for is to continue to build a relationship with God and God will continually open up to us what we desire in him to understand him more, to see his glory to see his goodness. We need to constantly build a relationship. If we're going to continue in the renewal, in the revival, and in the restoration of which, what we have been preached to about, uh, we need to continue like the book of Acts church did. We've got to continue in relationship, building the relationship, growing the relationship, uh, seeking God, communicating with the Lord, opening our hearts up, getting hungry for more and more and more of Him. It doesn't matter how long we live for God. We've got to keep that hunger alive within us. And, you know, the more you're in God's presence, the more you crave it, the more you desire it. I will proclaim my name of the Lord before you. And then he said to Moses, you cannot see my face, for no man shall see me and live. For one reason, I, I look at it like this human body that we live in. We can only can handle so much. I do know that when we, we uh, uh, leave this earth, we take on a glorified body. And we're able to see more of what God is all about. But we can see as much as we can right now. We really desire it. But he said, you cannot see my face, for no man shall see me and live. The light from God's face in our human weakness could not see it and live. 
We could not handle that. And the Lord said, here is a place by me. I'm going I'm to reveal some things to you that are going to be a part of what your desire is to see my glory. And the Lord said, here is a place by me and you shall stand on the rock. So it shall be while my glory passes by that I will put you in the cleft of the rock and will cover you with my hand while I pass by. Because God knew you cannot see my face and live. You will die. So he covered, he put him in a rock, in the cleft of a rock. And evidently, and I'm just looking at it in the sense it's the cleft of the rock and and there was only one view, and that's straight ahead. But the Lord put his hand over him so that he would not see his face and see that, that powerful light or that glory and die. So it shall be while my glory passes by that I will put you in the cleft of the rock and will cover you with my hand while I pass by. But listen to what it says here, though, in the word. Then I will take away my hand and you shall see my back. Or my hinder parts. But my face shall not be seen. Because you will die. You see God's glory. Could not remain in front of Moses. It had to pass by him. Even with that Moses had to be protected by the hand of God. When you look into the Bible. There are people that have actually seen. Glimpses of the glory of God. Like Moses. Isaiah had a glimpse of the glory of God and it moved him to mourn his own sin and unworthiness. Isaiah 6. John experienced some of the glory of God and fell at the feet of Jesus like a dead man in Revelation 1 and 17. Paul experienced the glory of God on the Damascus road. We know that story when he seen the, the, he seen the glory of God and the light shined around him uh, and, and he described this experience in Corinthians chapter 12, but it was an amazing experience for him. It gave him salvation in his life. He was blinded, but yet the Lord gave him instruction, and then he was able to go and find the instruction he needed uh, by the man of God in Damascus. And then, of course, he, was, he gave his life to the Lord, and he never looked back. But he's seen the glory of God on Damascus Road. That glory of the Lord actually... Uh, helped him make a decision to come to the Lord. It was a supernatural experience. That's one reason why, and I, I feel like in this hour, what God needs in this hour, with darkness spreading around our world, is he needs the light to shine more out of us more than ever before. Where we need to keep ourselves in prayer, in worship, and in the presence of the Lord, uh, faithful to the house of God, feeling the power and presence of the Lord, into his word, uh, growing in relationship. We've got to let that light shine out to this world because those supernatural experiences are, what are going, what's going to bring the glory of the Lord to this world. It brought Paul to this experience. I don't know if Paul would have came to the Lord without some, because he was so caught up in his own, he, he was taught at the feet of Gamaliel. He was a man that was raising up in the ranks of the, of the, uh, the temple and the priest, the high priest and, and the Jewish law. And he knew the law and he was going up and he was, he was climbing higher in this and getting to higher places and, and doing some great... But, but would he have came to the Lord without the Lord giving him a supernatural experience? I don't know. Maybe he would have. But I will say this. God knows what Paul would have done and not have done. It was God's plan to blind him. <laughs> we need God's plan. We need God's plan to shine forth through our lives to people that we love, people that we don't even know, strangers, neighbors, friends, acquaintances, family members. We need it to shine out of us to them. They need a supernatural experience and God wants to work that through us. But Paul experienced a powerful experience. Moses couldn't see all of God's light by looking at his face and live. He would have died. But he did see the afterglow of the light. 
the light of his face passed past him with God's hand over him where he didn't see it and die. But he did see the glory afterglow of the Lord. He saw the afterglow of the light after it had passed by. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 13 and 12, For now we see through a glass darkly. But then, face to face, now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. Right now we see through a glass darkly. And of course when we were sinners we saw through a glass darkly. Trying to find our way. When we finally seen the light, it changed us. But there's going to be a day where we're going to see the fullness of God face to face in heaven. We can only see and handle so much right now because of this human flesh that we live in. But I'm not going to be satisfied with just seeing what I see here. Something is burning and churning within my heart and soul and in your heart and soul that we've got to see more. But some of that more of his glory and goodness is going to be when we get over there. We can't miss out. Something is burning within us. We've got to be ready for that. Hmm. He saw God's back parts. This is what we see as he, this is what we see as he passes by. We just see the afterglow. Think about this. Moses saw the afterglow of the glory of God, but think about this. It was glorious. It was the goodness of God. If this is what we see of God right now, you know, we as Pentecostals, we've been in some powerful services. We've been in some powerful experiences. We've seen the power of God move. We've seen people healed. We've seen people delivered. We've seen people uh, that uh, were so wrapped up in sin and God totally changed them and delivered them from sin. And and we've seen that happen. We've experienced, we may be experiencing our own lives. We have seen some powerful, powerful things. We've got testimonies here that to the world it would amaze them and some of them might not even believe it. And if we could experience all of that in just the afterglow, can you imagine what we're going to see when we get over there? <laughs> The after effects of his radiant glory, which had just passed by Moses. But can we imagine what we're going to see in God when we get to heaven? Hmm. We see his goodness here. That's what God revealed. The after glow. You see, when we look to Jesus living in this world we do see the fullness of the Godhead bodily we do see the, the fullness of his light because he put himself his spirit in flesh and form he said that he is the light of the world John 1 and 14 says and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us the word being Jesus, or the Word, was made flesh and dwelt among us. The flesh was Jesus, but the Word being God in that flesh, the Logos. And we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. When we look to Jesus, we see God. 2 Corinthians 3 and 18, But we all with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. We as children of God that have received, have repented of our sins, taken on the name of Jesus in baptism, and filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues, and we're walking in the fruit of the Spirit, showing forth the fruit of the Spirit, 
We are people that are shining forth the goodness of God to this world. The goodness of God is more powerful than anything. The afterglow of God's glory and goodness is more powerful than anything that man could create. If we see such power and glory in that, it's amazing what we're going to see when we get to heaven. You see, the world must see the light of God shining in us. Too much flesh is going to block the view. It's going to block the shining forth to the world. All they're going to see is not God in us. They're going to see the flesh in us. They're going to see us. What the world needs to see God. It's the light of God that dispels the darkness. It's the light of God that dispels the darkness of this sinful world. I can try to have all kinds of talent and do the best I can to do everything I can to try to reach people, but it's going to take the glory and goodness of God flowing through, through me to be able to reach people's lives. The anointing and power of God. Are you ready to see it? Are you ready to see it? In our relationship, and I'm going to close, in our relationship today with with God the sky is the limit get bold and ask God show me reveal to me more and more and more he's not going to pile it all on you all at once he's going to give you a little piece here till you comprehend that he's going to give you another piece here and there's going to be the dotting of the I here and the crossing of the T here and he's going to give you this and he's going to give you a little bit more here and we're on a journey to see more and more of the glory and the goodness of God. We're on a journey. But I'm telling you here today, everybody here, those that are not able to be here, Landmark, tonight, there is a need for us to be bold before God in our relationship and say, God, reveal to me more of you. I want to learn more of you. I want to know more of you. A lot of it we can find in the Word of God. And when we read the Word of God, He will begin to take the pieces of the Word of God and just begin to illuminate them. There's been scriptures that I've read over and over and over and over again. And then all of a sudden I read it one morning in my Bible reading time and all of a sudden, wow. I didn't see that before. And God just clicks something in my heart, in my mind, my soul. And it reveals another little tidbit, a nugget of gold of who he is. And we might not understand it all until we get over to heaven, over to the other side. But I'm going to learn as much as I can right now. I want to just see your glory. Reveal your glory to me, your goodness. Reveal more of who you are. I'd like for us to stand here tonight. Amen. I want that to be our prayer. Moses did it, and if he would do it for Moses, he'll do it for us too. I'd like for us to just close our eyes, lift our head up to the Lord. If you want to lift your hands, that's fine. But just simply pray, Lord, reveal your glory to me. Just another piece of the puzzle, God. Just another part of who you are. I want to know who you are, God. Reveal to me, Lord, your goodness. Reveal to me the depths of your mercy, the depths of your grace. His grace and mercy is so much deeper than what we can imagine. Lord, I thank you for it, Lord. Hallelujah. I thank you for your glory and your goodness and your character and who you are, God, your nature. Lord, I pray that you reveal to us in prayer, reveal to us in our worship, reveal to us in our Bible reading time, reveal to us, shine the light upon us, God. Let us see you as you are. Let us see who clearly, clearly who you are. Amen. Lord, as much as we can contain, as much as we can be shown, as much as we as humans can be revealed to show us, God, we just want to know more of you. 
Lord, our relationship, we want to grow in our relationship. We want to walk in righteousness. We want to walk in mercy. We want to walk in grace. We want to walk in your love. We want to walk in your gentleness and your goodness and your love for us and for the world. Oh, precious Jesus, precious Jesus. God, you're showing us things. You're showing us things. You're revealing things. You're revealing angels in this house. You're revealing truth. You're revealing strength. You're revealing victory. You're revealing a conquering spirit. You're revealing the power of faith. You're revealing so much, but you're revealing your nature of who you are. Show us, God. Show us. Oh, shatelelekio sotuindiyama. Oh, yes, God, yes, God, yes, God, yes, God. Oh, yes, God. Lord, reveal it to us, even the afterglow, that when we walk out of this building, that that afterglow can shine forth brighter than what man could ever produce. Lord, let darkness be destroyed in this world when the children of God walk forth into this world let there be a glow of God that shines forth from our lives when we've been in your presence God when we have been in your in your spirit let us show it forth to this world praise God praise God amen amen Thank you, Lord, for who you are, for your nature. Amen. Amen. God bless you tonight. I know you're hungry for God. You're hungry for God. And God is revealing things to you. And he's going to reveal a whole lot more to you, each and every one of us. Let's lift our hands and thank him again. Hallelujah. God, we thank you for your blessings. We thank you for your spirit.